Well, let me welcome everybody here to church this weekend, no matter what campus you're joining us on. My name is Travis Brown. I get to, I get to serve as campus pastor of our Peoria campus, get to work with all of our campuses. Uh, I've been on staff for nearly 14 years, but we're in this series called Renovate. And I, I have to tell you that I've done a few renovations in my home. Uh, some have been successful, some, some not so successful, but you know, when I go to Home Depot for a project, when, when I walk in to Home Depot, typically I'm pretty confident that I know exactly what I need to get. And, I, and I'm pretty confident that I know exactly where I'm going to find what I need to get. Maybe it's a false confidence, but there, there's a confidence level. And so when you're walking into Home Depot, there's typically a greeter there and they're, they're greeting you and they're saying, hey, can I help you find anything? And of course, of course, I'm going to say no. I mean, I'm not going to tell them that I don't know what I'm doing right out of the gate. So I'm like, no. But I don't just say no with my mouth. I don't know if some of you can relate to this, but you know how you can say no with your walk? You know, you walk, you walk so confidently that you know where you're going, that everybody has no doubt that you know exactly where that part is and what aisle it's in. And then about 10 minutes later, <laughs> your walk has changed. All of a sudden, you're dragging your feet and stopping at each aisle. And, and everybody knows at that point that you don't know where you're going. And all of a sudden, I no longer am looking for the thing that I came to look for. I'm actually, I'm actually looking for that greeter again in the orange vest. I'm looking for him so that I can, it's hard for me to say it, but so that I can ask him for help. You ever been there? Last week, Ashley kicked off this series called Renovate, and he talked about how we can lay a really solid foundation in our spiritual lives. And the way that we do that is not just through the information that we know, but the way that we do that is by applying the information that we know into our actions. And the issue that we're going to look at today was actually the very first problem that we see in Scripture in Genesis. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, God created the world, and he started to say how good everything that he created was, right? He created the light, and it was good, and the stars, it was good, the trees, and the plants, and the animals, it was, it was all good. Then all of a sudden, in Genesis chapter 2, he says something is not good. This is what he says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. You know, our first problem that we see in Scripture is not sin, but isolation. And what we're going to dive into today is what I believe is one of the toughest things for people to do, and that is to ask for help and invite others into our life. Last week, we asked the question, what are you building your life on? This week, we're asking the question, who are you building your life with? But here's, here's, the, here's the big idea for the message as we get started today, and that's this. You'll never build the life God wants for you until you invite the right people to help. You'll never build the life that God wants for you until you invite the right people people to help. And I don't know about you, but this is a really hard topic for me. I'm not great at asking for help. I, I don't know why it's so hard, 
But, you know, I think about how much time and help that I've missed out on over the years. A couple years ago, there was, there was a project at my house. I had to move this big old pile of dirt to another part of our property. And I, I thought, I can, I can do this myself. I don't need to ask anybody to help me. And so I got my wheelbarrow out, my shovel, and I, I moved this whole pile of dirt. It was in the middle of summer. It took me several days to do it, and I was exhausted. And then and then like a day after I got done with the project, I'm talking to my neighbor who's right down the street. And he says, oh, man, I wish you would have invited me. I would have, I would have helped you. You know, you know, I own a tractor. <laughs> He's like, that would have taken us about 30 minutes. I said, that's, that's good information. I wish I'd have known that last week because it took me about 30 hours to do it. But why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for us to invite others into our lives and ask for help. Let me give you a couple reasons, some observations that I have, and maybe you can resonate with a few of these. Maybe, maybe you're stubborn, and you just want to figure it out yourself. I actually see some ladies who are elbowing the guys sitting next to them. Stop. Don't do that. Or maybe you have a, a large following on social media, and your life looks perfect through a screen, and you don't want people to see the real mess. Or maybe you are just particular. You actually have OCD and you like things a certain way and nobody else would ever do as good a job as you doing it. Some of the guys are actually elbowing back the, their wives. <laughs> or maybe you don't ask for help from others and invite others into your life because you did that once. And your trust was broken, and you say, I won't make that mistake again. Maybe it was from a friend, maybe it was from a, a spouse, and the pain that you went through is not something that you ever want to go through again. So it's easier not to invite others into your life and not have to deal with that pain. Or maybe you just consider yourself a, an independent person. You're like, you know, I've, I've overcome so much in my own life. I've, I've been through struggles on my own, and I am just an independent person. We live in a society today where we celebrate independence, and we, we should. Independence can be a really good thing. It's good to be personally strong and taking ownership of our own lives. In fact, independence is a positive trait when it comes to things like making a living and taking care of ourselves and taking ownership of our personal relationship with Jesus. For you teenagers, independence is a really good thing when it comes to doing your own laundry or doing your own dishes, or maybe just putting your laundry in the laundry basket, okay, or putting your dishes in the sink. Parents, can I get an amen? Someone, jeez. Independence can be good. But although independence can be healthy, isolation is not. See, isolation is when we refuse to allow anybody else in, and we think we can handle every situation we face on our own. I'm telling you, that is dangerous. It's not great when we never invite anybody to help us. Because we, we need a healthy level of dependence on people. It's actually really good for you. Dependence is good for you. Codependence is not. Codependence is when we are totally relying on other people and we place unreal expectations on others for our fulfillment and happiness. That is not healthy. 
So let me summarize that for you. Independence is a good thing. Dependence, a healthy dependence is also a good thing. We need, we need both of them. In fact, we are designed for independence, but not isolation. But we're also designed for dependence, but not codependence. And here's how, here's how independence typically works. We almost never experience independence without somehow first being dependent on others. We almost never experience independence without somehow first being dependent on others. I mean, think about when you were born, how dependent you were on somebody else. Or think about this. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And the only reason that we're able to experience the freedom and independence as citizens of this country is through the dependence on all the people who sacrifice their lives fighting for and defending this country so we can have the right to be free. We can't experience independence without first depending on others. And God designed us to, to live life in relationship with him and also in relationship with others. And all throughout scripture, we see how God desires to use other people in our lives to, to sharpen us, to help us, to help share burdens and to lift us up when we don't have the strength to keep going on. You know, God himself modeled this for us in his relationships through the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, the Trinity first appears in Genesis chapter 1 when God says, let us make man in our image. God is community and we cannot thrive without it. Do you know the, the phrase one another is found in the New Testament over 100 times. And most of those times are specific commands teaching us and showing us how we can relate to one another. Let me just give you one of those examples in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And it tells us to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not, not giving up meeting together, encouraging one another. We should not isolate ourselves. But it, as I was preparing for this message this week, man, something kept jumping out at me from God's word. You know, last week, Ashley talked about how we all face storms and how we need a solid foundation in our lives because we are either in a storm, we're coming out of a storm, or we're heading into another storm. And the thing that's been jumping out at me, according to God's word, is this, is that one of the primary benefits of inviting other people into our lives, not one of the main reasons to invite other people in our lives, but one of the primary benefits of inviting other people into our lives are for the storms that we will face. We will face them. Listen to a couple of these passages. They're, they're all over. I'm just going to read you a couple. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Carry each other's burdens, storms, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down faces a storm, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls, 
who faces a storm and has no one to help them up. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A storm. Now I've been through quite a few storms in my own life. I've walked with a lot of people through the storms in their life. And you know what's something I've never heard anybody say? I've never heard anybody say, you know, you know what's been helping me through this storm? This isolation and nobody being around. I'm so glad I have all this space. You know what else I've never heard anybody say? And you know what's been helping me through this storm? All of my followers on Instagram. I'm so grateful for it. No, I've never heard anybody say, man, you know what's been helping me through this storm? My remodeled kitchen. So glad I have that. Or my new truck. That, that has been so helpful through this storm I've been facing. But in almost every single storm, I hear people say this. I can't imagine. I can't imagine going through this by myself. Maybe you, maybe you have said that. Surrounding ourselves with people, it matters. Let's face it, we need people in our lives. I want to give you a couple reasons why, specific reasons why we need people in our lives. One of those is people will see things. They will see things that you don't see. Do you know every single one of us has, has blind spots in our lives? And these are areas that, that we can't always see, that we need other people with a different perspective on your life who, who, who can see those areas that, that you don't see. I'm going to give you an example of that. I have three teenage boys living in my house right now. And sometimes when I open the door to their room, there's a nastiness that hits my nose. <laughs> you ever open a door to a teenage boy's room sometime? And I'm like, oh my, what? What is going on? What is that? And my boys will say, what? what? I, don't, I don't smell anything. I'm like, what? How do you not smell that? Or maybe you've been driving in the car all day. You've had to run errands. You've been in your car all day. You actually ate lunch in your car. And then later on in the day, somebody else gets in your car. And they're like, what? Like in and out, like old in and out in here? What, what is that? What is that smell? You're like, I didn't, I didn't even notice it till you came in. See, when other people enter into your life who have a different perspective, they are going to see and smell things that you might not have noticed. But not only do others see things that you don't see, but number two, they are, they are better at certain things than you are. Think about it. When somebody builds a home, typically they, they have people who who are framers and other people who are drywallers and painters and flooring people and landscapers because they are not the experts in all of those areas. And think about how ridiculous it would be. Think about your body, how ridiculous it would be if your feet said, you know what, I want to try hearing and smelling. Like, no, that's, that's dumb. That's not your job. Okay, let the ears and the nose do that. They were designed for that. I think, if, uh, I think if you're an expert in everything in life, then you're missing out on a lot of expertise from other people. I think if you're an expert in everything in your life, then you're missing out on a lot of expertise from other people. I found this to be true at work. I found this to be true in marriage and life that others are better at certain things than I am. Number three, 
they have been where you are. I mean, why make the same mistakes that others have made when when you don't have to? You know, right now, there's about 8 billion people on this planet. There's a pretty good chance that one of those 8 billion people have been through what you've been through or feeling what you have felt. And we think, oh, I don't think anybody would understand what I'm going through right now. And if that's you, I need you to remember this one verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. See, what you're facing likely isn't all that unique. I hear it all the time from people who, who finally share something that they're going through that they've kept to themselves for years and they're amazed at how many people have either gone through that same thing or are currently going through the same thing. Listen, others have been where you are at. The question isn't whether or not we should invite others into our lives. The bigger question is who? Who should we invite into our lives? But more importantly, who does God say that we should invite into our lives? What kind of relationships do we have? So with the time we have left, I want to talk about three different relationships that we should all have so we can build the life that God desires us to build. First relationship that we should have is we should have someone, we should have people who can pour into us, people who can pour into you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You know, these these are people who who have been where you are or maybe you're in a place in life that you desire to go. They're not perfect. There's no perfect people, but maybe they have an area in their lives that you desire to have. Maybe it's in, maybe it's in their marriage or in business or in their faith. I talk to couples all the time who've been married 30, 40, 50 years. And I, I always tell them, man, we need you. We need not only your story, but we need you pouring into younger couples and helping, helping share with us what longevity in marriage looks like. So be willing to pour into to people behind you. Young couples always tell them, man, be willing to be open to, to older couples pouring into you because you won't have it all figured out. You know, when you're looking for a, a mentor, not only should you look for people who maybe been where you're at or are in a place where you desire to go, but you should, you should also look for people who are willing to share their struggles and not just their successes. So nobody, nobody's perfect. And I think we learn from successes. So we learn from mistakes that people made more than we do successes that people make oftentimes. So be willing to share your struggles. Second relationship that we need in our lives is not only people pouring into you, but people that you are pouring into, serving. So we're, ca- we're called not just to, to think about ourselves, but Jesus called us to make our lives about other people. Philippians chapter two, verses three and four says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. There are so many people who need us to to pour into them. I mean, do you remember what it was like to be a teenager? And all the 
all the confusing and tough years and how much better would teenage years be if they had people who were helping them navigate those years, who were, who were giving them will, wisdom and guidance and knowing that they, they don't have to do this alone. It's one of the reasons why I admire all of our student coaches so much. Our coaches that pour into our high schoolers and junior hires who've decided to give some of their lives to step into the lives of these teenagers and help them navigate those years. Listen, for some of you parents, I want to talk to you really quick. The people who need us pouring into them the most are those kids that call you mom and dad. And for some of you, you don't have to look very far to find someone who needs pouring into you. It's someone right in your own home. You know, when you're looking for people to pour into, there's, there's a few things that you want to be looking for. You want, you want to find people who need our direction and our mentorship or maybe, maybe have the greatest need or maybe someone who you have been in their shoes so you can help. You know, God will use experiences you go through to allow you to help others who go through similar circumstances. One of my favorite verses in scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and this is what it says. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Listen, you need to remember this. With God, nothing is wasted. Not even the darkest storms of your life and your difficult experience, God will use to bring healing and hope to other people's different experience if you allow him to. So we need people pouring into us. We need to be pouring into other people. And also the third relationship we're gonna talk about is we need people that we are doing life with. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, being in community, sharing our life with other people is what Jesus modeled because we are not designed to live life alone, but we're designed to live life in community. So when you're looking for people to do life with, let me give you a few suggestions of people to look for, what kind of people we're looking for. One, I would suggest that you look for people who you trust and who have high integrity. Because here's a, a true statement, particularly if you're a teenager, but it's true for all ages. The character of your friends will automatically be applied to you. The character of your friends will automatically be applied to you. And we say it to our kids all the time, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But that's actually relevant for every stage of life. You also need to look for people who will be honest with you and speak, speak straight and who are headed in the same direction as you. Let me ask you a couple questions. Are the people that you're spending the most time with, are they pursuing Jesus or are they running away from him? Are the people you are spending the most time with, are they, are they positive or are they negative most of the time? You can't surround yourself with negative people and expect to have a positive life. Let me give you a formula that's proven to be true in life. One healthy person plus one unhealthy person 
equals an unhealthy relationship. One healthy person plus one unhealthy person equals an unhealthy relationship. And for some of you, that may be the clarity that you need to to set some boundaries in your relationships because of that other person's unhealth, it's made the relationship toxic, no matter what good you bring to it. Or for some of you, that equation is that you are the unhealthy person. And the best thing that you can do for the relationship is to actually get healthy. Now, please, please hear me. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any other relationships in your life or that you should only be around Christians because if you're only interacting with Christians and not sharing your life with other people, then you've missed the point. You've missed what God desires for your life. But having those healthy relationships provides strength and a strong foundation so that we can be a positive influence on other people. We have to be intentional with who is pouring into us, who we're pouring into, and who we're doing life with. Because we're designed for community. And some of you are asking, well, I don't even know how. Yeah, I get it. I know we need these types of relationships in our lives, but how do, I, how do I even go about doing that? Well, let me give you some really profound advice, okay? Some of you need to write some of this down. If you're looking for somebody who you want to pour into you, almost like a mentor relationship, here's the profound advice. Ask. Ask them. Ask them to spend some time with them. Man, I want to ask you some questions. And again, they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to have their whole life figured out, but maybe it's in in one of those areas, in marriage or business or finances or something, and you just need to invite them to coffee and ask because if you don't ask, then you will never know. Or you might be saying, how do I find people that I can pour my life into? Glad you asked. Sign up to serve. You You can sign up to serve. In any one of our areas, you'd be pouring your life into other people. But let me tell you this. If you have kids at home, start with them. Maybe it's time for you to be intentional with the kids that are living under your roof. Or you might say, man, how do I, how do I find people that I can do life with? Great, I'm glad you asked that too. You can sign up for a group. You can get connected into a group. Now, A lot of our groups aren't meeting in the summer, but you can get connected into a group. But let me give you a couple other suggestions. Maybe you need to reach out to a friend that you've been distant from for a while. You just need to go grab a coffee or lunch. For some of you in here, when you think about who should I do life with, you need to invite your spouse back into your life and let them help you. You were never meant to be isolated from him or her, but you found yourself, you guys have been living two separate lives in the same house, and what you need to do to grow is to humble yourself and ask the other person for help and do life with them. Because you'll never build the life God wants for you until you invite the right people in to help. In June of 1926, Bill Wilson had his very first drink of beer while he was in the military as he was a soldier. And he, he said it's just something that soldiers do after a really long day. But it didn't take long for Bill's social drinking to become a perpetual state of 
of drunkenness for him. And alcohol began to consume every area of his life from his his marriage to his work to his family and his finances and even his health. And, And Bill, he traveled quite a bit for work and he'd also tried to get sober a few times, but one particular business trip occurred in the midst of a six-month sobriety, stretch of sobriety for Bill. But on this business trip, the account that he was hoping to land, it actually, it actually fell through. He found himself frustrated and depressed, and he found himself walking in the lobby of his hotel, and he heard some familiar sounds coming from the bar. He heard people laughing and having a good time and he heard ice clinking in glasses and he started to walk over to the bar because he thought to himself, I need a drink. And after a couple steps, another thought went through his mind and that thought was, I don't need a drink. I need another alcoholic. In that moment, he turned around and he went back into the lobby and he found a telephone in the lobby and he proceeded to dial a series of numbers till he had a conversation with a guy named Dr. Bob Smith. Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob Smith eventually became the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, almost 100 years ago. AA serves over 2 million people and is in over 180 countries. You see, Bill Wilson didn't need a drink He needed another alcoholic. And somebody here today needs to know that you don't need more things or experiences in your life. What you need in your life are the right people. You don't need more things or experiences in your life. You have plenty of those. What you need are the right people in your life and the right relationships. Because you'll never build the life God wants for you until you invite the right people to help. Let's pray together. Father, as we dive into this topic, Lord, it's, it's so convicting for me. Lord, I need to ask for help. I need the right relationships in my life. And I'm guessing that there's people on all of our campuses that need the same thing. I pray you would give them boldness to not only recognize it, but boldness to ask for help, to reach out to somebody, ask for somebody to pour into them, to sign up to serve, to to do life with other people and to share their lives because we were never meant to be isolated. Help us experience community the way you desire us to experience community. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, a couple things as we exit service today. I want to make sure every single person at all of our campuses is praying. This coming week, we're kicking off our camp season. There's going to be thousands of kids all across different campuses that are hearing the good news of Jesus. So be praying for that. And next week, we're kicking off a brand new series that you're not going to want to miss. So CCV, thank you so much for being here this week. God bless you. Have a great week.